Welcome to another deep dive episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, a podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. I'm your host, Aaron Benoit, joined as always by our wrestling historian, Bobby Hankinson. Hello. And experiencing this all for the first time, Eric Silver. Happy to be on the podcast with episodes as long as it takes for me to set up the clips for me to watch for the podcast. And isn't it great when the WWE Network just decides my list doesn't exist anymore and you have to shut down the app and turn it back on? I got to a point where I had to, I went to SmackDown and they wouldn't let me select any SmackDowns before 2008. <laughs> I was like, sure, of course. Also, how about the way that WWE Network, when you use a computer, um, every time you start a new clip, it decides you want it on mute. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it will re-put it on yes. mute every single time. <laughs> Why? I don't understand. The w- it also kind of it, it also kind of picks like where it wants you to start. It doesn't always start at the beginning. It's like I think you wanted to be here, right? See, I think that's because it's the three of us using the account, and it picks up that, that might one be. of us left off where it was. But I do that want I do want to say on to- at top of this episode of this podcast that at the very beginning, Aaron, you kind of like uh, give our remit every episode which is we attempt to make sense of the attitude era and i I, (laughs) listener i must tell you we will fail at that today (laughs) yeah this is only an attempt one more one more uh wwe network thing that i just need to say several times because i think we were all rushing to finish up this homework before we recorded on this beautiful sunday afternoon several times it told me that we'd reached the limit for concurrent streams but then it didn't shut off or anything it just let us know hey too many people are using this account but wwe network just must not care because they're so close to being on peacock that it doesn't even matter Right, they're like, uh, you know, you might want to. Okay, never mind. You know, just if you if if you get a chance, talk to your friends. Um, also, I mean, I guess it's maybe just how they do their bookmarking. But for some reason, they were just like, yeah, we don't really, we don't really need to bookmark by uh, uh, chronological order. Yeah, you know, if you want to put uh, the January episodes on the on the bookmarks, like they can come right after the February. We'll just do it based on when you decided you wanted to select it. Ugh. Yeah, and I honestly, I spent time on my laptop with two open tabs with SmackDown and Raw, doing my very best to get this all in my list in order so that it could be as easy as possible for us to to uh, watch and record these things. But it still winds up fucking up along the way. I mean, it's like little things that they had to like go out of their way to put in. So like I do it where I keep my list, the homepage, which is the only place I can find my list. You can't get it from that, from like the burger <laughs> menu. Like there's just, there's nothing. You have to only get it on the homepage. So I have the homepage open at all times in one tab. And then I'll like, you know, uh, you know, command click to open the videos in a separate tab. And, but the thing is, every time you click on one of those videos over to a new tab, for no reason, the My List bar scrolls over. The position adjusts back into the past. So then you have to go back to that window and hit the over arrow on the side. It doesn't make any... Like, they had to write that code to happen. It doesn't make fucking any sense. It's so bad. So I watch it on my laptop. Uh-huh using chrome so i i am able to see like the the um my i my like my account icon mm-hmm. and there still is like it says my account it says my list and it says continue watching so are you guys talking about like if you watch it through like the ps i watch on the playstation app 
myself. Okay. Sometimes yeah, I do it that, through my that... TV, which is also a, uh, which is a whole other journey. <laughs> so, <laughs> so many, so many ways. feels that we played before us. Okay, so when we last left off, we were uh, following up the 2000 Royal Rumble. And in the week following the 2000 Royal Rumble, we have the arrival of also ran Perry Saturn, Stinko Malenko, a future Hall of Famer whose life will be cut tragically short, and a future murderer who we've already discussed on this podcast. We are not talking about that at all today. I was so upset watching these clips and being like, wait, Eddie Guerrero? And nope, we're not going to see him at all. Also, in this time, the Acolytes, our favorite ass-kickers, have formed their own protection agency. We're going to be talking about that a little. In this time period, the Dudley Boys are starting to wage a path of destruction and violence against women that have them dubbed the Damn Dudleys by JR. But what did I decide that we were going to do for this deep dive? We are going to go back months again, and it makes sense because we are looking at the May-December romance of Mark Henry and May Young. Good God. Hmm. God. It, like, are we even looking at that? We're, well, we're looking <laughs> we at a lot of things. We go into so many different directions, right? It's, it's the September-February t- romance of Mark Henry <laughs> and May Young. <laughs> so she's already dead, and, and he's a little <laughs> past his prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's it's insane how little direction they had for Mark Henry otherwise, other than we're just going to embarrass the shit out of you week and week and you're just going to have to take it. Because we're yeah. still a good decade away from his, like, Hall of Fame championship run in the WWE. Wait, are we? Because I literally was like, I was like, is he a Jamoke the entire time? Yes, I swear to God, I was like, I was like, maybe everybody just likes him because he's a lovable big doof. And that's why people like are like, you know, that's why when he shows up for the Royal Rumble in like 2015, everyone's like, yeah, he's the the strongest man. I'm like, oh, they must have just liked when he was hanging out with May. I did not realize (laughs) So we're going back one more time to September of 1999, hopefully for the last time. We're on the September 30th episode where D'Lo Brown and the Big Show are fighting for the European Championship. And oh my god, is that such a weird thing to say out loud. Draws and Prince Albert are on commentary. Albert attacks Big Show during the match and Draws attacks D'Lo allowing for Mark Henry to come to the rescue in his cabana wear. Now, this is the point where Mark Henry had turned on D'Lo Brown while D'Lo was the European Championship, and they had a minor feud going there for a little while. He also turned on wearing um, ring gear to the ring. This <laughs> makes no sense. Turned on wearing socks with shoes. <laughs> So Mark Henry lets us know then, in his best iced tea from the John Mulaney bit, that there are a lot of addictions out there. And he has gone, lost his fiance, has lost thousands of dollars, and lost his best friend D'Lo because of his sex addiction. He like did, he did a run-in to make this announcement. Yes. <laughs> like, what a weird... <laughs> 
like I don't know. I feel like there's other ways that you could, you know, I, I, I guess in the wrestling world, when you have something to say, it's like, Jesus, play my music. Let's go. <laughs> well, I mean, I, we'll get to it at the end of this segment, but <laughs> for real, um, he's like creates real tears in the ring with the, the control that this man has over his emotions is something that that is um, I'm, I'm jealous of his ability to to call up whatever in order to feel real things whenever he's passed with any of these moments here. He's the world's strongest empath. Mm. <laughs> but all day he dreams about sex and Mark Henry declares there that he needs to seek therapy at which point his music plays. <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he is walking out in tears going to seek a therapist for his sex edition and it's well that's that was more big show. But there's yeah, a well. Well, he's a sex addict. There's a well in the sexual chocolate theme, isn't there though? Um, or is it just kind of a, no. a, a noisy wail at the beginning? It's uh, no, it's like Barry White kind mm-hmm. of, or not not Barry White, more like Isaac Hayes, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like, like oh hello, I don't know, not hello ladies. <laughs> Shit, what the fuck does he? No, I you've think heard he this theme. Sexual, I think he goes sexual. No. <laughs> Ricola. So the the Yule of sexual is what yeah. I was mistaking for a well. Okay. Yes, yes. yes. So it's sexual. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I'd say you nailed it. Great. They mistook a well for this story because it is a fucking giant hole that we are, are trying to climb out of the entire time. That's my little uh, segue. <laughs> Great analogy. Um. By the way, I think it's really funny when he makes this announcement. He's just like, he's like. Listen, you know, there's a lot of addictions and I'm trying like I'm trying to come clean. I'm trying to talk about my sexual addiction. Don't laugh. It's a sexual addiction. And then he just starts talking about like all the time. I just want to have sex. Doesn't matter who it's with. Oh man, I love sex. And like sex with women. Sex sex all around. And like it's just like he's basically like okay, well, if you're going to get to this point, you can't say don't laugh because you are clearly doing this for the laugh. Yeah, if you were serious about this, you wouldn't be on that unicycle, Mark Henry. <laughs> I get horny when I look at food. I get I get horny when I when I read the paper. It's like, dude, okay, man, we don't need all the all the uh, you know instances where your addiction comes up. And I mean, this far into lockdown, who amongst us does not get horny every now and then when they look at some food? Oh, or they're in math class. I don't know. <laughs> so we go to October seventh where he has his first session wearing cut-off jean shirt. Well, hold on. At first, I was like, is he wearing a denim jumpsuit? And I was like, that's crazy. And I was, I, I was like, lost. I was like that, um, you know, the internet meme with the woman's confused face and all the formulas in front of her. <laughs> and sort of, I was like, how would they make it? What would it look like if it was hanging on a hanger? And I was like, very lost in it. But it turns out it was two separate pieces of identically colored denim. And I do believe those were zip-off shorts. Zip off jeans, <laughs> oh. as were the style of the time. Oh, I never had zip off jeans. I had zip off corduroys. I had zip off khakis, but never jeans. I had zip off khakis for sure. Um, 
the the closed captioning does not help me early on with whatever he's saying when he, he's asked, what is your first sexual encounter? Anyone else able to parse out what, what he was going for there? Um, I can't really remember. You mean like the very first time? Like, yeah. Because like he, he has a jokey answer at first, right? Right, but even the jokey answer made no sense to me. Oh, he was by himself. That was the joke. That it was supposed to yes, be yes, a yes, first yes. sexual experience, and he answered, like, I was, you know, who was there? Just me. I was by myself or whatever. And that was the joke yeah, yeah, yeah. that, like, she meant, like, when was the first time you had intercourse? And he was like, oh, with me with my hand, with my right hand. <laughs> like, that was that was the bet. Yeah. Um, and at I, some po- at some point she like misses a line. Do, are we at that point yet? I forget how many times he has he has a meeting with her. No, no, no. It's not there. It's this session, not yet though. I know what you're referring to. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say by the way that like when she's like, "Mark, come on, you can trust me." I'm like, this session is being videotaped. You cannot trust this <laughs> therapist. Like Bobby, I know, I know you go to therapy. I was looking for your sessions on the WWE, but it wasn't. I don't know what year I had to select, and if it was on Raw or SmackDown. Um, just watch a few more Midian matches. It's the same experience with <laughs> equal amounts of crying. <laughs> also, a lot of face paint. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish things remained inaudible here because eventually, what we learn is that his first sexual encounter, he was eight. It was with his sister, and he's still fucking her to this day. Ah! <laughs> right, except except he goes, it was with my sister, and she goes, Mark, you don't still have sex with your sister. And then he goes, well, I, I'm, uh, you know, I had sex with her like the other the other day, last week or whatever. Like, I think she meant to say that after he said that he had sex with her more recently, right? Well, I don't. I would like to know where these therapist actors came from. Like, are they, do you think they're just like someone who works in accounting and who's funny? Do you, are they like, I, if, uh, UCB actors? Like, did someone like put this up on like a, a message board and was like on a, a Facebook group? It was like, Hey guys, non-union looking for like these, is, is that what happened? These first two, I'm willing to bet that they went to scores to round up a bunch of women for the Godfather's yeah. O-Train, and they just found yeah. the ones that could talk the best? They were literally like, okay, which ones of you are doing this to pay your way through college? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this had a and real... Which of you are uh, only like... saying you're paying through, doing this to pay your way through college? <laughs> this had a real casting call from a modeling agency vibe to it, for sure. You mean the uh, the therapist I I I face at the end didn't sell it for you? <laughs> Session two happens a few days later with uh, a new therapist already. Um, she's been studying his case, and she's comes to the conclusion that you're really screwed up, as all therapists yeah. are wont to tell you. That's in the DS four, right, or DSM four? So you guys have seen video from my therapy sessions. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one was was very fun as far as the closed caption because when he starts singing, the freaks come out at night. The captions say, "Please come out at night." <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit like that King song, like "Come dancing." <laughs> Please, just please come out at night. I'm so I've lonely. Set up at a time. <laughs> please come out at night. Please come out at night. 
That's really funny. You know what? If ever there's karaoke ever again, that will be how I sing it. Got it. Um, but her plan that she has devised is she is going to do some uh, extreme immersion therapy on Mark Henry. So we go to the, the Godfather's hoe train, and it is quite the hoe train, as there is at least, like, 40 people out there, 40 women okay. out there. Here's my question, straight men. Um, I yeah. usually understand the hoe aesthetic. I do. Mm-hmm. Usually I'm like, I understand they're wearing, like, a thong, and it's hot pink, and there's, like, feathers on it or something ridiculous. But what? Are you, are you about what? to ask about sparkly hats? Because yeah, it's totally my thing. Hats? <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> i was like oh it's the, it's the new year it's october and so i'm like <laughs> and there was look it's new year somewhere it's new year somewhere were they just in the back did they bring them with them were they their hats because the, they, they surely brought their own wardrobe so did the hats I, come with them i spent some time thinking about this and i <laughs> the women who seemed to be wearing the hats didn't necessarily fit the rest of the hoe aesthetic yes. so i feel like they really wanted to sell that there are a lot of hoes here tonight and so they just grabbed a few last minute people and they were just, just like saw the hats backstage just like uh yeah take this now you are a hoe they were like uh well, hoe seat fillers at the award show exactly yes, except, yes. It, except it was linda from accounting <laughs> they, <laughs> they went here and put the sparkle hat on you dirty little slut <laughs> <laughs> well the problem is like when you start getting into the 30s and 40s they really start repeating so it's like you need something to kind of like it becomes like a where's waldo tableau <laughs> I was looking for the hoe with the striped shirt and glasses, but I couldn't find her. Because <laughs> she, she, she was in the barbershop pole factory. Uh, Michael Cole is such a fucking dork. It may not look easy. It may not be easy, but it sure looks like fun. <laughs> oh, they hit pimping. So in, Ray pimping. Yeah. yeah. In the uh, in the match, Godfather versus Mark Henry. Godfather wins. The hoes join him in the ring to celebrate. Mark Henry is very excited, and there is a hoe pile up at the end. The therapist yeah, so is not pleased. They call it a hojack match, right? Yeah, which really it should be called a lumber hoe match. Like the lumber is is the wood. <laughs> The jack is the is the is the noun. It should uh-huh. be a lumber hoe or lumber. I mean, they do have lumber jill matches, but yeah, uh-huh. lumber hoe. Yeah, and we'll get to some lumber jill matches later on, unfortunately, as well. By the way, what if they did this kind of therapy for like Hawk? Could you imagine <laughs> they just had a bunch of pills and bottles like on the outside of the ring? <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Every time he comes out of the ring, a keg hits him. <laughs> so then, Therapist 3, um, at least they're heightening in some way with these therapists. Um, this one is a dude. We can tell right away that he's going to try to fuck him. He rubs okay. his peck. First of all, first of all, I resent that. I'm going to... Okay. <laughs> I do not think right away you could tell he's he wants to fuck him because I'm looking at this. I, this guy looks like he's in the waiting room from Beetlejuice. 
Okay, he. It, <laughs> it, it, it looks like his chair is swallowing him, but through his clothes, but like leaving his clothes behind, like he was left behind in in a rapture. Um, he's got that. Bobby, do you take tie. do you take screenshots to remember this shit? No, I. Oh, baby, I just need one look, and I could. I have like the Terminator. <laughs> it just did all. That's the, amazing. The read through just comes through. He's got he's this fucking like zoot suit looking motherfucker with no arms in the nineties. No, come on, he's got no game. He's wearing that tacky ass tie i was like this this is an insult to my people not that he's going to be a predatory uh uh, medical professional let's put that aside but the fact that that's what you're going to give me for gay you couldn't even get a real gay person you couldn't get pat patterson to sit there come on come on he he also what was his well okay i know he was supposed to be lisping but it looked like it looked like they were like do a gay accent he's like okay i'm from chicago (laughs) like it was like I what was, the fuck was he saying? I was more offended it was bad. I was like, I just, I actually, <laughs> it's not that it was offensive, it's not that it was bad. I was like, oh, like, uh, this is like watching James Corden in the prom. I just, it was bad. <laughs> I have not watched the prom. Don't, honestly. I have not either. It's not even fun to watch, to like enjoy it as a bad movie. It's just a bad movie. It's just like, wow, this just sucks. Oh, so it's like James <laughs> Corden. Yeah, it's just like you watch it like, wow, this just sucks to watch. <laughs> So yeah, I would not recommend. Would not recommend. So even like knowing like the the games that they're playing, Bobby, and and everything that you said is very funny, but just to, to like tackle it, you weren't that wasn't what you were expecting this segment to be. Oh, yeah, I was expecting like the beat, but not I uh-huh. didn't I wanted more again, I wanted him to I and I use this reference probably all the time in this podcast, the the Archer honeypot. Just I wanted mm-hmm. him to have like a, a crop top and pink roller skates. Like I wanted to really give me the gay the, the, the WWE version of gay. Which we <laughs> are gonna it. get and discuss more okay. years, but not yet. I mean, but here's the thing. Like the the game of this is wrong, right? Because like the whole thing, okay, the game of, of the first two therapy sessions is, like, Mark Henry has a, you know, is super attracted to his therapist, right? Right. And, like, he's he is a sex addict, so his, his therapist being attractive uh, is, you know, is kind of like... Hey, I'm gonna, you know, fix your coke addiction with this nice line of white powder. It's just gonna, it's gonna give you everything you need. So, like, that's the point of the joke, right? But for a sex addict to then go to a male therapist and have the male therapist hit on him is not part of the joke. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, like it's supposed to be. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get help. And I'm faced with more temptation. The joke would be that Mark Henry doesn't care who he fucks and wants to fuck this male therapist as well, right? You're right and wrong. There's because mm-hmm. you're right because they're playing multiple games, and one of them is that Mark Henry is irresistible. That he is sexual trauma. That he is irresistible. And part of the problem why it's so hard for him to get over his sex addiction is because people throw themselves at him all the time. They actually hit that beat twice in the series we're talking about. Um, this one and the, and the next one, but. That he's irresistible, and that makes it difficult. But they're they're not even, like, using that to, like, understand game and think of it that, like, in terms of heightening and everything else. In ter- what they're just doing instead is what we were literally taught not to do, which is being like, 
oh, he wants to do this. So today, this thing getting in his way. Then tomorrow, just this other thing is getting in his way. And the next day, this other thing is just getting in his way. Yeah, it's a lateral thing. Exactly. So they're taking almost like, you're right. Like that, that move didn't, it's not that this move doesn't, it's not that this move doesn't make sense. It's that there is no pattern established. So, like, they do the first move of, like, of they do uh, the first move of two games, and then they do two moves in the third. Uh, and so that's, like, the that's, that's where the difference is. Yeah, I think in their mind, the game of this is just Mark Henry is very bad at finding therapists for himself. Yeah, he, Mark Henry is terrible yeah, it really therapists. <laughs> His fourth therapist asks if uh, he's ever had a non-sexual hug, to which he is very confused that a, a non-sexual hug can even exist. But I guess that makes sense if he's still fucking his sister. This woman was my favorite blend of the... Uh the lady from poltergeist and grimace (laughs) 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 and watching her hump mark henry was like wild to watch so yeah so this is so now the game has shifted but then we're just going to basically forget about this whole angle completely when we get to the following episode but before we get to that um May Young had her own music when she comes out on October 21st. I didn't even know what the hell that was. I liked it. I actually made a note. I like May's music. Okay. Because... It was the one that was different from Mula's, right? right? Exactly. That we are going to hear so, so many more times. Which is basically, Mula's is basically like Big Bopper type shit, yeah, right? Little uh-huh. Richard. Or yeah, Little Richard. Right, right, right. So uh, May and Mula are are currently feuding. Uh, Fabulous Mula won the women's championship at some pay per view some time ago, uh, and they are having a very very slow, very very sloppy match for the women's championship tonight. So my question of the, about this part is like when May when it's May versus Mula, I mean. What is what's really the point of the heel announcer in this kind of a match? Because like, it's like, you know, for 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 Lawler to have a a, a point of view, it just like you know, it's basically just. I mean, is he just there to be like they're all old? This is old people. I hate watching old people. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like nobody is a face nobody is a heel that's it's just like a clown match right yeah you hit the nail on the head he is there solely to just be like old old i see old and michael cole isn't doing much better he's making astute observations like she has a crowd just like you do king yeah it's just so bad yeah um, and we're going to see throughout this entire uh, purview here that it doesn't get much better for the women's division. I did like their um, like sparkle gem little jackets, like a lot. <laughs> yes. uh, you know yeah. the ones they're talking about? They were like kind uh-huh. of like stained glass harlequin, harlequin uh, multicolor. It was. I was like, ooh. I was like on ASOS.com being like, may I find one just like this? Because I would, I would like <laughs> to have it. Also, didn't the what was this the match where there were like just run-ins from literally the whole stable of women wrestlers? Yeah, yes. after Mae Young somehow gets tangled in Jimmy Corderas's shirt, 
Um, so insane. Yeah, what was I don't even understand that nope. as a like as a move. Well, first nope. I thought she was going to grab his dick through his shirt, to which I said bold. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> then she wasn't. Then I was like, was she supposed to be off balance? And to this uh, moment, I, I I have no idea. Um. So yeah. So that's when Ivory attacks, and then Tori attacks Ivory with actually a pretty nice spear. Um, followed by Jackie yeah. and then Luna. Right. And I'm like, okay, I understand why one person's attacking. I don't under, like, it was like each, each subsequent attack, I got less and less, um, sense out of. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, wait, are they on the side of this person or is it just who, attacking whoever was the last person to attack? It, it think, reminds uh, me of the, the 24 seven belt now. It's like all of a sudden yeah. you're like, what, why is Angel Garza there? Like it is like the two ever is just like bored and it's like, Hey, where you guys go? Can I come to? And like chases after him. Like it just, <laughs> it just feels like, it's that, Hey, we're going to the ring now. Who is we are, what are we doing? I don't know. Just come with us. And like, they all just like run down. Um, <laughs> I think the important thing to remember in this is women be fighting. Yeah. Women be fighting a lot. Right. Yeah, don't you give him that credit card because they will fight in the ring. <laughs> and I have a note here that Ivory reminds me of Paula Abdul on this episode. Like she, yes, she's yeah, yeah. This Paula Abdul. She's giving me a lot of Paula Abdul vibes with the hair. Uh huh. Who would be Ivory's MC Scat Cat? I don't know. Something to ponder. Something to think about. Mm. It is something to ponder. <laughs> It's probably Harvey Wimpleman, but I don't know. <laughs> session oh, five. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, session five looks like it's taking place on the set of You Can't Do That on Television with all of the orange lockers behind Mark Henry. But as the camera pans out, we learn that he is no longer with a therapist. Now the Godfather has just decided that, no, you're good, dog. Yeah, never mind the fact you were having sex with your sister for couple decades as of last week like i don't know i feel like there's a lot to unpack there maybe we should explore mm-hmm. no no there's nothing wrong with love and house i will say though that mark henry did have a pretty good re- if i'm gonna have again if i'm gonna have some uh homophobia i'd like it done with a little panache and so i did appreciate him saying that the male therapist almost got his wig split i was like okay girl that shade (laughs) (laughs) he almost got his wig snatched i was like oh okay honey (laughs) uh, i was like okay this is fine i actually kind of feel like now mark henry's like in on it no it made me like very okay with that uh portion of the story good it'd be great if if mark henry had been like i was gagged (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly and then a death drop you know Uh, and I gotta give a, a um, apologies to my co-host because I did have a little bit of missing homework in here that I had to fill in later on. Um, but that just uh, meant you that have we to had apologize. To you have to apologize more than that because I had I, I I'm a good little boy and I do my homework early in the week mm-hmm. and I I think I had like made it down to like November or December by the time these new time stamps come up. And, like, sure, you know, once in a while we're going to miss a timestamp. I can go back and watch it. What I didn't realize is it was going to be a fucking Midian clip. (laughs) I thought I had made it through unscathed. And literally the two clips 
that I had to watch from from past episodes that we had missed were both Midian clips. I hate this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it's face paint Midian too. Oh, the worst. Uh, so we've got the Godfather versus Viscera, who comes out with Midian, but then Mark Henry comes out too. So then they decide it's a tag match now, because that's how booking sure. works. Are you, okay, is Viscera gonna go on like a championship run in twelve years? Like, <laughs> like what should I be looking forward to? I, like, I assume Viscera is always bad, right? Uh, well, what you have to look forward to is I was watching some uh, some Rosin stuff to to get ready for the next pay per view we watch, and I watch him try to come in with a two by four to attack and slip in some beer. <laughs> It's it's very funny. Well, I am very looking forward to that. <laughs> that fucking loser. Oh, so uh, so so Mark Henry pins Midian. Okay, um, and now Mark Henry is allied with the Godfather and has full access to the hose. As we see on October 24th, where Godfather cannot find the hose, has to kick down a door, which seems pretty you drastic. Mean the 25th. October 25th, right? Okay. My birthday. Um, Maybe I have it wrong. I don't know. No, it Go is the 25th. Sorry. You're right. It's the 25th. It's my birthday. I remember watching it and being like, this is my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you got for your birthday this year. Yeah. Um, Marcus... Is covered by like twenty women at this point. But I thought he was naked for a while because he's wearing a pair of pants that is the same color as his skin, and he is not wearing a shirt. And all of a sudden, I was like, "Wait a minute! Oh my god!" See, like, I literally like looked away, like like I was shocked that they forgot to censor something on the network. That's I was that sure that he was getting up and being completely nude. Wait, Bobby, were you like, "Oh, oh, excuse me, Mark, I'm sorry, yeah. please." <laughs> I'll see myself out. No, then he was like, no, it's okay. Stay. And then, no, I'll stop there. Uh, But (laughs) I truly thought he was naked. But instead he... Yeah, Yeah, definitely (laughs) just you. Watch it back. And also, like, maybe, like, open the blinds and, like, let the sun in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. His... his... (laughs) His shirt is very open at that point, and we, we see a lot of chest, and he is covered by hose, so I can understand why you would make that assumption. Yeah, um, I thought he was full nude. Did not enter into my mind. We got Godfather versus Viscera, and Viscera makes it very clear that he loves hose. And he Viscera talks. Yeah. <laughs> and he would like this match to be a winner take all or winner take home match. Which the Godfather agrees to for some reason, despite the fact that he gets nothing out of winning this match himself. Yeah. Also, they they just can't figure out how to put hoe in it. They're like hoe jack, lumber hoe, take the hose, all the hoes, all hoes go, every hoe must go, like everything. They're like, I don't. Care. All hoes go to heaven. <laughs> it's a winner take all hoes. Winner hoe take take hoe winner. Still cares. <laughs> Rosham Ho. <laughs> I I was I was still truly baffled by Viscera's voice though. He's like, I like hoes. I'm like, what Jesus Christ? That's what I mean. Like it's just bizarre. They, they, there's a whole thing, this whole thing we're watching, how they just neglect 
thinking about the most obvious huge pieces of the stories they're telling. They're like, have this guy, he wants to fight for all the hoes. They're like, the 500-pound demon guy? Yeah, why? Who cares? Because <laughs> he likes hoes, that's why. It's like, what the fuck are we watching? Like, he's got to warn people before he talks. Like, he's got to just hold up one finger and go, I have something to say! <sighs> I well, was also, I was, oh, oh, sorry, go on. No, I was about to uh, to give props to Tim White for ejecting Midian, but ask him, why don't you do that every night? That's what I, I was about to say. I would, I'm with Tim White. Fuck off, Midian. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Get out of here. I was thinking of this, too. Could someone arrest Midian? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Stay with me on this. Because he has confessed to liking farm animals, right? Right. And he was a pig farmer. So to me, that's motive and access. And I do feel like, uh-huh. isn't that the definition of probable cause? Like, I feel like many should be taken off the streets for all of her protection. <laughs> The, the the problem is they can't get one of the farm animals to file a complaint, and it's Ugh. always that's always the problem with trying to catch these repeat offenders. Wait, Eric, are you telling me they can't get the pig to squeal? <laughs> <laughs> Shut it down, podcast over. We're done. Pack it up. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Yeah, uh, the rats were down to talk, but they didn't want to hear from them. <laughs> Mark Henry is told by Viscera, though, that if Viscera wins, he can have access to the hose anytime he wants, as though he doesn't seem to have that already with the Godfather. Yeah, Yeah, it was basically like, I will give you the same, wait, I will give you the same deal as the Godfather. Like, okay. It's it's basically a price match guarantee. They do it all the time, you guys. So Mark Henry disrupts the hoe train and uh, allows Viscera to get the win. Viscera is now apparently has to be a pimp because he has all these hoes, um, except for the two loyal hoes who stay with the Godfather that Viscera then attacks. I feel like in a week, Viscera is going to be like, nobody told me pimping was not this easy. Nobody told me uh, pimping was mostly bookkeeping. <laughs> so then we check in. Look at this PL statement. Sorry, go on. So then we check in on the septuagenarian champ, Moolah and okay. May, Wait, who are before- friends again now. Well, I was, like, you know, desperately scrubbing the video player to try to find every fucking second of all of these clips on the most painful UI I've ever experienced. <laughs> um, the little... And also, here's another fun fact about the W Network. While you're scrubbing with the scrubber and the little pop-up thumbnail is wrong. So it's actually showing you a thumbnail from a different time you're not hovering over, which is not helpful yeah. at all. But that is, yeah. But it is consistently wrong. Anyway, one mm-hmm. of them, when I got to this part, I knew I was looking for Moolah and May, but the thumbnail was of a hell in the cell, and I was like, man, I really hope this is Moolah and May in a cell. <laughs> WWE Network, proud as a peacock, baby. <laughs> uh, wait, Moolah and May in a cell would be, oh, hello in a cell. <laughs> uh, Moolah is relinquishing the title and give, just giving the belt back 
to Ivory so that she may retire. Ivory sure. doesn't want to just get the uh, the title and instead wants to beat up two old women. Uh, breaks a broom over Mae Young, and then at the end of a very quick match, Ivory is once again the women's champion. Now, Ivory came out and also insulted them as usual. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, we've often, before Ivory even spoke, we said, we're like, something about Ivory gives me, like, old lady energy. Like, from the very beginning. And now she comes out and she's like, ladies, where'd you get those witch costumes? The five and dime? And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, Get it's the twenty. Ma'am, it's the twenty-first Bobby. century. <laughs> I have the exact same reference. Ma'am, it says Ivory. These old-timey references seem right on for you. <laughs> yeah, ma'am. I just don't think that she like Ivory. is like she hates them so much because she is them. Like that is <laughs> that's the twist. Like she's like I saw you old bags over at the Nickelodeon. <laughs> Yeah, she, like, made a deal with a witch at some point so she can look young and beautiful, but she's been around. She was also born in 1923, you know? She's just been out here all this time, and she's mad. As the match is happening, and again, match in in scare quotes right there, there's a point where May tries to interfere but is held back by the fact that she is holding onto the rope. (laughs) (laughs) I did catch that. I did catch that. October 28th, Mark Henry says goodbye to two very full-figured hoes, and then two more come in, to which uh, King replies that they are two of the skankiest hoes that the King has ever seen. And I just have to say, I doubt that. Agree. (laughs) Agree. Uh, Also, the bearing um, remark here, that towel, Mark Henry was truly, it was like the little tippy-tippy tip of two corners of that towel he was able to wrap around his waist. I mean, yes, he was very exposed there. And I was like, is he naked now? I don't know why I was so horny for Mark Henry today, <laughs> but I guess he is this irresistible sexually. Uh, so there was some truth in this comedy. Uh, the but... story rings true. <laughs> well, I, I very little you know, towel, the, very way little you, towel. the way... The way you're describing it, like, well, that towel fit is, I think that's also known as, like, the same size towel that you get at every, like, uh, at every, like, public-facing gym. Like, they always have towels for you, but they're, like, the towels are just big enough to maybe sort of make it around your waist, but almost, like, pop off if you have a wrong thought, you know? Whoa. Well, also, there's, like, thin, Sorry. They're also thin, like, prosciutto, so it's, like, it's hard. <laughs> they're so cheap. You can see right through them. Yeah, they're like terry cloth and like just but like real net, real ratty and just like just kind of like they're too big to be a hand towel, but like not big enough to be a real towel. Yeah. So this game gets rested for a few weeks so that we can have the wedding and May and Moolah hanging out with Stephanie and all that. But we're going to come How back did... in. Oh, yep. Sorry, I have a question. How did Godfather get his hose back? Um, I don't think that Viscera took all... Uh, it was just those particular hoes that he was with that night. There is no... Did if, Viscera walk around with hoes? Did they ever pick this up no, anywhere? No, 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 no. Okay. If you're Perfect. asking for a... Um, if you're asking for a conclusion to the story that is at all satisfying, you are... 
you haven't been paying attention want, to the show that we're watching. What I want is a spin-off pilot where it's now it's Viscera with his, with these newly acquired hoes and he's moved to Seattle. Uh, I was and thinking he lives Arizona. With his brother. <laughs> this desert heat is not good for Viscera. In, in Arizona, it would be called Breaking Beds. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, you know, like, let's, let's see what he's like as a, as a new small businessman, but not that small. Big, small business. Big, That's, small business. <laughs> so we come to October 18th after the attack, the attack by Y2J on China's hand, sexual chocolate makes his way to the ring and lets us know that he hates women beaters makes me want to know where are you going with this guy wwe no clue i did like this i thought this like this bit of storytelling of like you know of weaving these two things together and, and it made sense why mark henry would have an emotional investment in seeing someone he cared about get you know massacred or whatever um and do and, and he delivered the promo in sort of a style of a semi-poem and i was like oh this is all nice little uh, nice little flourishes here i like this this is also a period of time where Mark Henry is going to lose to guys that I feel like he could flick away with his finger. Totally jobbing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I also love that Jericho calls him Mike Henry. Yeah, that's very funny. Yeah, Jericho is uh, Jericho is great, and and there's some really great insults of him coming up that stick very very well. But before we get to that, on October 22nd, it's November, Kurt Angle. November. Yep. We're in November. November now. 22nd. <laughs> My birthday. <laughs> what did I even say? October. October. Yeah. This is this is what it feels like reading the notes. So like, back to October. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. More minions? That's why no. I, was like, I was like, we're not going back to October again, Aaron. Please don't make us. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make us. Uh, what you need to know is I made a, uh, a deal with a witch that we would only stay in October for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Kurt Angle lets us know about the Olympic Creed, which says that it doesn't matter if you win or lose, but it's that you participate. And is this an official creed for the Olympics? Yeah, I don't actually watch the opening ceremonies, and nobody ever like. There's, there's never like a keynote speaker at the yeah. uh, at the Olympics. Yeah, I don't think there's an official creed, and if there was, I don't think it would be. It doesn't matter if you win or lose; it's how you play the game. <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't, I don't think that's what the Olympians, like the, the ancient Greeks or whatever, were were thinking back in the day. <laughs> no, yeah, they were literally like, you know, it matters if you win or yeah, lose. Like, like, somebody... Sure, maybe if you lose, we feed you to lions. But it really doesn't matter. What matters is you participated. <laughs> it only matters if you lose, the Spartans have you. Yeah. But, by the way, before we got to this promo, they talk. They were talking about the WWF Slam Cam. That was a, a sponsoring uh like thing and I'm like what is the slam cam it is, is a, this like what bobby's aunt used to take on the rides at disney world it is a very poorly constructed plastic digital camera 
Uh, oh, so, you, so you can imagine a digital camera that the WWF was selling in 1999, the quality of pictures that it took, but I, its whole like uh, claim to fame or, or like the, the thing is that it came with like an editing software so you could like put mankind's mask on your face. Yeah, it was basically Mario Paint. You'd be able to just like <laughs> stamp it right on. I can't tell you how many around this time of those like... It would be, for some reason, I don't know why, like, I do know why. Like, my parents have this thing, my dad specifically, of, like, thinking technology. Like, it's very easily um, glamored by technology. Like, <laughs> you can start talking about megapixels and bytes, and he has no idea what any of it means. People are like, oh, it sounds like the best. The guy said it was the best one they have. Like, or whatever. And, like, you're <laughs> like, dude, he's got quotas. He's pushing stuff. Like, come on. You can't just, like, take his word for it. So, anyway, it got to always be, like, these, like, $20, like, MP3 player slash digital cameras the kind that had uh like memory cards <laughs> for them uh-huh. like uh-huh. big thick ones that you had to like have uh-huh. a special yeah. adapter to go into your laptop and i would just have like infinite yeah. of those and ever i still can like find pictures of them and of course uh they're all like so they're, they're basically looks like uh it was from a, a super nintendo like it is like you know 32 bit <laughs> photos like it just bring it out a megapixel it was just like uh it was 32 pixels period like that's all you had uh, everything looked like a minimalist uh, poster from a Tumblr. It just was. This just is the uh, <laughs> of color. This is the legend of our Jamaican vacation. A link to the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my my dad. I don't know if my dad. My dad's not a um, a technology guy, but like he he we will know. buy things for him. Yeah, right. <clears throat> we will buy. He will buy things for himself. Like uh, after. Uh, you know, like after all of the good stuff has come out, he'll buy whatever is like just cheap. So like, I don't think he gets fooled by anybody, but he also just doesn't think he's worth buying anything that's <laughs> that's bullshit. Like he just doesn't he doesn't think he deserves it. I think like they watch it. They have a TV that is I don't know like thirty inches in the in their in like their den. And my dad watches so much TV, and I'm like, oh, I, why Eric, is this TV so small, Eric? I would say less than thirty inches, twenty six maybe. Like yeah. I think I have the same size television in my bedroom right now, and he has a full like TV stand built of of like many pieces of lumber that only specifically fits this like 24 inch television in the middle yeah they they built a they built one of those like wall units um to be like oh we it'll have we'll have shelving and we'll have a space for the tv and they would just i think they were just like tvs are never gonna get bigger we'll never need a bigger tv so they just like that's it that's the size and i've been like i'm like dad you watch so much tv why wouldn't you get a nicer tv and they're like yeah, but you know, like there's no there's no room in the wall unit for it. I'm like, can't you remove all of the VHSs and DVDs that are piled up around it? And he goes, yeah, but where would I put those? And I'm like, good point. You're right. You know what? It like is, the the resale value of that TV is like maybe you have to pay somebody to pick it up. Yeah, you know what it is too. What I feel like say? technology is always designed to like. Uh, manipulate manipulate you with like pros and cons lists. Like my, that's the thing. Like my dad is like super analytical about that kind of stuff, but he always so he'll like crunch the numbers and all of those things. Like you know, because same way if like you like read about an Android phone or whatever, and it's like technically it's a better camera, it's a faster processor or whatever, but it's not this. It's not as easy just to use like the 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 intangibles, and that's where I think I think that's why my dad gets bamboozled. Right. Yeah, makes sense. By the way, there's a. 
the thing I've discovered in the last week or two uh, that I've been that's tickled me is so my dad is is uh, is on Instagram now. And um, he only posts like maybe three pictures and they're all from like when he and my mom go to the zoo. But uh, <laughs> but he's been doing this thing where like every like the the last the last uh, post that he put up, he had like it was just like him commenting and just going like, like, thanks, Maury. Thanks, Tom. And I'm like, what's going on? And then I realized that in his post, uh, in the comments, he's thanking people who have liked his post. <laughs> just, just like, just if you just hit like, he goes, thanks, Sam. WWF, like, it sounds like they kind of invented, or or not invented, but they were pioneers of the early, um, like, filter, right? Like the Snapchat, Instagram filter type thing, right? Yeah, but... If it was bad. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what, if, that's, that's what, what pioneers if, do. What if Snapchat but awful? <laughs> right. It, it doesn't save your pictures, but not on purpose. <laughs> like, <laughs> all of them just go away. And they're like, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a feature. It's a feature. Like, I can't even imagine what the cord would look like to attach the slam cam to a 1999 computer. Probably has three colors. <laughs> so we learned that mark henry was not in his peak physical condition for the olympics because he was at the strip clubs the night before competing and the crowd is very happy about this yeah how does uh how does kurt know all that about him olympic Creed. the olympic village is very small <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves to spill tea at the village, hon. Why? What is he doing going to the strip clubs, though? Because from what I hear, the Olympic Village is like a sexual free-for-all with the most beautiful athletic people on Earth. Yeah, it's a fuck fest, right? Oof. Wow. Maybe not. Maybe not when he was there. You know, maybe that was like a later, a later thing. I don't know. Like, do you think? Do you think like um, in in the movie Munich, the thing that they never showed? <laughs> But also, but also maybe, <laughs> right? Like Spielberg was like, I really want to have the the, the, the the nineteen thirty four fuck fest. Can we please have that fuck fest in the village? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> um. I will say one thing for Mark Henry is his moveset is starting to improve. He does that one move where he, like, leaps through the ropes, and that's definitely something that Big Boy was not doing when he first showed up in the WWF. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's, he, he does look like he's getting better at what he does. Did you guys also notice that the, that somebody brought us – like, they bought tickets – for this event and they just so they could walk around with a sign that says WWF is immoral. No, that's, um, that's part of us. That's, that's a thing. I think that, that's going to be playing out. Oh yeah, no. Work. You got work. We talked about, I got, work. we talked about that. Um, a little bit, Eric, that at this point, um, what's it? The parents television council. I think that's yeah. It, yeah. There's, I think there's another word in there or something. It's the P advisory, something, something. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but they have been um, very angry with the WWF, and so they're they're starting to to do a work around that, and then it's going to lead to a whole big thing, not too far ahead of where we're at with the WWF. Oh, okay. Uh, but this this dovetails into the phrase that I learned this week, which is working yourself into a shoot, brother. Mm. Love, I love that phrase. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Angle sneaks away with one here. Uh, and then on December 13th, are we finally going to get a conclusion to the Godfather versus Mark Henry saga? Not really, because GTV logo, hey, remember that, pops up. And we see that Mark Henry's world has been rocked. And who has been the rocker of said world but Mae Young smoking a cigar? So it was the love of a good woman that turned Mark away from his sexual addiction chocolate. Exactly. The hose will not distract him on this one here. Mark Henry wins, and his woman shows up to go on his arm. Now, this is the point, I think, and, you know, obviously this was the this is where the story was going as you... Uh, as we laid out this episode, but there's a, there's a certain point I think where like they start with this premise and they start just, they, it, it starts heading into what I've been calling in my mind, like act two of boogie nights territory where like everything just seems extremely like sweaty and coked up and, and a little bit like, hard to, to follow or like hard to watch. You know what I mean? Where the, everyone's just like talking a mile a minute and you don't really understand what's happening or why anybody's doing anything, but they're like, isn't it crazy? Isn't this crazy that we're fucking each other? Oh my God. And, and, and look, this is another thing that happens when I fuck you. I take you and I hold you and I bring you over the, the threshold of the, of the, of the hotel room. Isn't that crazy? Cause I'm fucking you. Like, it's just like they are, they think that every, little detail is heightening when it's just scribbling in more details, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Bobby, do you know anything about like any of the backstage Genesis of this? He was fucking her. (laughs) In general, it's a lot of punishment for Mark Henry. Mark Henry came in and got signed to a 10 year deal, multi-million dollar. They threw a bunch of money at him and he, sucked he was really bad he was really bad in the ring he wasn't getting better he wasn't picking up the training like in all the ways that like kurt angle and the rock were naturals like mark henry was not and he was a huge amount of money invested into him uh and he was injury prone so it was vince was just like pissed and they like and i think part of it now this part i might be projecting a little bit um, but I believe there also might be some motivation here. Like the only way out of the contract was if Mark Henry wanted to leave. And this might be uh, designed to encourage him to no longer want to work here. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't think that's too big a stretch. Yeah. That last yeah. part I'm not a hundred percent sure of, but I think like I'm, I'm filling in gaps from like the various like uh, things I've read. Did, did Mark Henry ever come out and talk about his time during this? Mark Henry is still to this day a very devout company man. Well, so, we'll see if that's true tonight. Oh, is he coming back? 
No, there's a there's a rumor, and I guess this will be old news uh, by the time that this is releases. But there's a rumor that he might be the uh, the new signee to um, AEW to join the big show. Oh, as a commentator, or still doing some in ring stuff. He's talked about how he's uh, he's still in um, in shape enough to do it. So we'll see. How old is he now? He's got to be. I'm gonna say 54, and then I'm gonna look it up. And I'm, if I'm right, good on me. And if you're wrong, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, you're fucking fired. No, 49. 49? He's younger than my brother. Holy shit! <laughs> oh man, I had a moment this weekend. Natalie and I were watching Doctor Strange Love. And George C. Scott in Doctor Strange Love is younger than I am now. And that fucked with my mind for the whole night. Uh, how about this? Um, what was it? Uh, George Went in Cheers is oh, like God, yeah. 34. Yeah. Uh, also, I, another, I think even younger when Cheers. Maybe he was like 32, I think, when Cheers premiered. Um, and another good, another good one. This is more for me, I guess, than for you. I've been watching the Mary Tyler Moore show because I finished Dick Van Dyke. Um, and in the Mary Tyler Moore show in the first season, Ed Asner is, uh, plays a, I think he is 45 or plays 45, but like his character is a 45 year old. Yeah. I would say at least 60 and be confident about it. Right. Yeah, apparently just older back then. Yeah, and and the crazy thing is, Cloris Leachman is actually older than Ed Asner. Like she's, she just was born earlier. And like you look at the two of them together, and you're like, I don't get it. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> and speaking of not knowing what's happening, all right, back to on this. December twentieth. <laughs> Uh, May and Moolah went against Stephanie and Triple H. I don't remember exactly what their sin was. This was the same time where uh, Triple H offers uh, May a bottle of booze and she jumps on it uh, as though she was going through some kind of uh, some kind of immersion therapy for alcoholism. But she's booked in a match against the Acolytes and the Dudleys. Was that yeah. <laughs> was that like punishment to the Acolytes and the Dudleys? Like I don't get this. <laughs> This is going to be like this long string of let's make the old women fight men in their prime that we've seen before and is going to wear very thin very soon. Instantly. Did did Vince sign like a 10-year multi-million dollar deal with Moolah and May and is just like wait, trying to make <laughs> them quit? Just punishing them. Right, like if you walk away, you can, you know, this can all be over. But if you stick around, then you're going to have to deal with Devon Dudley diving right into your labia. Oh, God. Bubba pins Mae Young, of course, and then Mark Henry attacks the Dudleys after. I did like Mark just yelling at the TV, though, for a little while. Like, I don't know, dude. Like, that's not going to help. <laughs> also, when Mark goes to, to uh, when, like, I think he, like, he's, like, hugging and kissing May. Um, I I would just love to have a gif of um, Farouk's face because it's very funny. He he has an extremely funny uh, uh, expression. Just watching them, like what the fuck? It's really. I'm good. guessing it's more of a 
damn expression. Yeah, yeah. It 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 has like there was something the office ish about it. You know, like I wa- I almost wanted him to look at the camera like <laughs> cock his eye up real quick. Yeah. December twenty third. Mark Henry's got another poem. It it is not good. I don't even remember any of the notes from it. Barely rhymes. <laughs> Bubba Ray interrupts and is just mean a whole bunch. Yeah, Bubba Ray has the cheapest heat at, in this promo. He's just like, <laughs> you're ugly. You suck. You smell bad. And I'm like, okay, I guess I guess this is how you work the mic. I don't know. And everyone in the arena is ugly and sucks and smells bad. And you're old. Yeah, okay. <laughs> It's a little bit like that, like that one filler queen in Drag Race during the reading challenge, where they just don't understand that the point is to be funny, not to be mean. They're like, "And you're you're the worst. Your teeth are shitty. I hate you." And everyone's like, "No, nope, that wasn't quite what we were hoping for." Looking for clever, honey. Yeah, the library is closed. So we've got a. Bubba Ray Dudley versus Mark Henry match where May, God bless her, does her best to interfere by touching Bubba Ray's foot. She later shakes the rope when Devon tries to get in the picture. Devon hits his nuts. Mark Henry wins. It's actually kind of a fun match. Much less fun. On December 27th, Mark Henry is asking Harvey Whippleman for a favor. Why he's asking Harvey Whippleman for a favor, I have no idea. Why he couldn't go to literally anyone else in the backstage, but we've got what we've got. He's got the voice, like another another surprising voice. Like he's got like Val Venus's voice. I did not expect it. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Yeah, that voice does not whipple. Yet he is a whippleman. The favor is he wants Harvey to come with him on a double date. With May and Moolah to be uh, Moolah's date with him. My question when they get on this date is, what is this restaurant that they're even at? <laughs> oh, it's it's the Mayflower restaurant. Uh, with Mayflower seafood and whatever restaurant. Seafood and bar. I read the menu. <laughs> First of all, it's definitely inside of the La Quinta Inn they're staying. <laughs> <laughs> So many of these segments have such look into energy to them. It's like, oh, no, honey, you don't use that. That's not the bedspread you use. You roll that down. You don't want to touch that. <laughs> yeah, this um, this restaurant, it looks like like I feel like I was kind of like looking for where they bring out the roll of paper towel as like the napkins that they put on the top of the, the table. I'm like, they're like, here you go. We'll bring out the crabs shortly. First of all, that restaurant, quote unquote, definitely has a machine that makes pancakes on a conveyor belt. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> they, yeah, they, they give you, uh, they give you the the um, the the cafeteria trays, and they're like, yeah, just go up and help yourself whenever you're ready. Uh, we've got the steamer, the steamer plates out, so you know we'll uh, we'll we'll get you started on drinks. That restaurant is located right on the water, but everyone who goes there knows enough not to order any seafood while you're there. Oh, 100%. That is a Ponderosa, right? Like, it's a basically a Ponderosa. What's a Ponderosa? Oh, Ponderosa was like, just like, uh, maybe it's a, 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 a Pennsylvania slash Western New York thing. It's like, um, uh, 
they they have like it's like a sizzler but not as good do you know sizzler is a buffet yeah buffet exactly <laughs> it's a buffet it's a it's like a just like a gross ass buffet but when you're a kid you're like ooh, you know like you don't know any better yeah, I don't think I've been to a buffet in my adult life, and that's a streak that I think I want to keep up for the rest of my adult life. There was a time where my parents kept, like, for a, a, a while into my life, into my adult life, where they were just like, do you want to go to the International China, like Chinese Buffet? Which is like, you know, in Long Island, they have a few of those where you, mm-hmm. like... They they have everything, right? Like you can get fried mm-hmm. chicken, you can get ribs. We also do like lobster tails that are broiled, and we also have like raw clams and oysters and and like mussels. And also, did you want sushi? We know that's not Chinese, but it's the international. Like it's just everything. I didn't no, think I would you. ever want to go to a buffet again until I couldn't, and now I do. <laughs> <laughs> I never had I don't have a big buffet history but when I was in high school we used to go to the China buffet which is not the which was not nice at the one that you're thinking uh Eric because there was no lobster or clams in this one it was just like what you would get from like the neighborhood uh takeout only Chinese place yeah um, except it was served buffet style but we liked it because after the smoking ban went into effect and you couldn't smoke cigarettes inside the diner anymore they would let us smoke cigarettes inside the China buffet, which is even more disgusting if you think Whoa. about it. But, but we, it was the only place where we were just like able to smoke cigarettes inside, and so we would go there after school. We would just and then we would just like eat nonstop China buffet and smoke and chain smoke cigarettes. That sounds honestly like the worst fucking thing. <laughs> like, like I feel like your insides were turning like the orange color of duck sauce, but like uh-huh. also with like the crystallization of nicotine. Oh, to be it's- young. <laughs> it should sound awful, but I don't know. I'm just getting a wave of nostalgia from everything you're saying, Bobby. Right. Okay. One last thing about this. I, I will never forget that one time I, I was obviously smoking a cigarette inside the China buffet and I was eating obviously some sort of like orange chicken, General Tso's chicken, sort of that sort of thick sauced uh, chicken. And I guess I had some on my lip. And when I went to pull the cigarette out of my lips, it was stuck to the sauce. It then flipped <laughs> upwards and burned the tip of my nose. That's really funny. Okay. <laughs> Worth it. Worth the story. Yeah. Um, in that same and, – and to pull an Aaron here. In that same vein, uh, this, this date at the Mayflower restaurant felt like a fever dream. Like – Everything felt like it was like being shot at weird angles and made no sense. Like I didn't understand what was happening or anybody's motivation. Yeah. Mark Henry, act like a human man. Like you oh. haven't yet, so why are you going to now? <laughs> we're we're all hungry. Time to read a poem to May. <laughs> what? Why? Where he was cribbing off of his old work. <laughs> it's another one about slow songs. Right, 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 right. And then he's like, Harvey, why don't you read a poem? Like, do you think that everybody's got a poem in their pocket? Everyone's got a poem prepared in Mark Henry's world. <laughs> I also like that. that Dark that there is these... the night that closes me. What's that? Uh, I was going into Invictus there. Oh. Uh, I was going to say, like, that, you know, when we, uh, I don't know. Do you want to, do you want to get to the point where the part where the, the next the neighboring yeah. table yeah. asks uh, go for it yeah so the the guy at a neighboring table who 
I don't know, from his facial hair and uh and like and his build. Doesn't he looks like he might be local talent? I don't know. Hard to say. Uh asks No definitely. Yeah, asks Mark Henry for his autograph and then as as usually happens when people ask for autographs, starts insulting Mark Henry and also then May. Uh and then a fight breaks out. I guess is this supposed to be like a replay of the Mark and China date? I don't think it's supposed to be a replay as just like, this is what they think would happen next in this story to get them out of this restaurant. And it also sets up a punishment the next time around because it's, it's may who now attacks in order to, uh, for the, uh, the chivalry of her, her man, Mark Henry. It just makes me so angry because they were like, so they were hungry and they were waiting to order. And then like, then after they get into the fight, Mark's like, come on, let's go and let's have sex. I'm like, but you both were hungry. <laughs> but the food. Well, I understand. Yeah, but that, then they... What was that guy's deal? Because he was like, can I have your autograph? Also, you suck. And it's like, wait a yeah. minute. What was he to go home and be like, with this, be like, hey, I got this big loser to sign this napkin. Oh, what am I going to do? Frame it now? Hang on to it till it appreciates its value? It's like, what? what, what <laughs> it was like a really weird move to be like, I want your autograph because I'm a huge fan, but also you are a terrible sack of shit who does nothing but lose. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, guys, why? remember that time I, remember that time I told off Mark Henry? Here's his autograph to prove I met him. Like, <laughs> just why? <laughs> And then, and then I told the fucking piece of shit to sign this napkin, and he did it. That's why I kept it as my most treasured possession forever. <laughs> I mean, but also the dude is kind of right at this point in uh, yeah, his I, career. I don't disagree with him. I just also wouldn't have asked for an autograph. <laughs> so they do leave. They go home. Uh we see Mark Henry once again in uh, in May's embrace as they're cuddling together. We pan over to uh, May, who has the comforter like all the way up around, like wrapped around her neck as though it was like a comically oversized bib. That's how we sleep. <laughs> Where she asks the questions, whatever happened to good old fashioned American sex? And then... Harvey Whippleman has apparently been hanging out underneath the blanket this whole time, comes up sweaty and happy. He looks like uh, he okay. He sort of looks sweaty and happy, but he also looks like he's shivering. Like it's a there's a little bit of a weird victimhood happening that I'm not sure I fully understand. I also think that maybe the moolah line is like a callback to a to like a movie from the 70s. Like maybe like. Bob and Ted and Carol and Alice or something like I feel like that's a very famous line. Anybody? Sound familiar? I got nothing. Well, my note here is about how Mula, with the blanket wrapped around her, as Aaron described, looked like No Face from Spirited Away. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Mula's makeup is very that, and the way the blanket was wrapped around, I was like, ah, it's No Face from Spirited Away. Watch out when she starts coughing up gold. <laughs> That's what happened when she retired. She coughed up the belt and gave it back. <laughs> <laughs> the following week, December 30th, that's when they're getting their punishment from Stephanie and Triple H for attacking the fan and embarrassing the company, as if the company has not been embarrassing itself in its own way throughout all this. But it's going to be May and Moolah versus the Hollies. And I don't know about you guys, but this is definitely wearing thin. Yeah, super thin. Yeah. 
Then the following January 3rd, we've got Albert and Bossman versus Tess and May and Moolah. Oh, before you get there, though, I do want to note, though, I do think that May Young doing a Bronco Buster is somewhat funny, especially oh, because yeah, they they have to help her so much in terms of like adjusting her. Like she just looks yeah. like she's she constantly looks like she's like sliding off of the torso of whoever she's doing a Bronco Buster to, <laughs> and like they're just they like just like uh, I think Mula is usually like be uh, outside the ring and you can just see her kind of like pulling May's arms onto the ropes to like uh, buttress her so that she stays in place. And I don't have much to say about the following one, but I do think it's rather impressive that Moolah was able to carry Harvey Whippleman. Yeah, I agree. My note here is I was fucking laughing so hard watching Tess put on that stupid plastic face shield. <laughs> it's so stupid. I was like, it's Tess, so you fucking idiot with your stupid glass nose. Gotta put your stupid <laughs> nose protector. You need a nose shield. Oh, baby needs a nose shield. It was, it's like the fucking... Just like the wimpiest move to do before a wrestling match. I was like, if if Moolah broke her nose, she would wear one of those. <laughs> well, my my favorite part about it was like it starts off like the match starts off looking like it's going to be a legitimate match to a certain degree. I mean, we know who Test is, so we know. But it starts off with like like uh Prince Albert and like and big boss man and like test and test is in there and he's like, you know, he's looking as jacked as he's ever going to look, I guess, at least for now. Um, and like, you know, they're, they're pacing around and it's like, and then announcing tests partners. And then you get Moolah's music and like Moolah. Hello and, and baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Moolah may come out and then j- right after they, they announce them and they come out, that's when you see Tess starting to put on his nose guard. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> It would be like it'd be like, you know, why not have him start like like stepping into the giant like Easter bunny costume that he's about to wear? <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh. So we get beyond the beating up the old ladies for a little bit. On the January seventeenth, we've got the preview show for the Miss Royal Rumble swimsuit competition. We will be able to hear what we've got to say about the actual competition on our Royal Rumble episode, which is out now. But it's basically the exact same thing here. It's weird to do this segment basically three times in a row. (laughs) I know! What? Uh, Honestly, though, I think they needed the practice because, like, (laughs) like, (laughs) this is, like, this is a very, like, I mean, it's good to have a dress rehearsal because I think the Royal Rumble, like, did it as good as they were going to get it. But like I wrote my note for this was like, there was too many things happening in this segment. Like there is like mm-hmm. every, everybody's fighting everybody. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, May Young's music, or I guess Mula's music, which becomes May Young's music, like is running for a full three minutes with the camera cutting to May Young and nobody is acknowledging her. Like every everything <laughs> is just like people still fighting in the ring, and May Young's like standing there just waiting to kind of say like that she wants to get involved. It was such a fucking disaster. The women are all fighting in a pile in the ring, and the cat just puts her ass on top of the pile. I did, I did, yes, and uh, I did like that. Terry just put like she kind of like uh, lightly stepped on top of one of their backs to kind of be like, I'm on top of them. And I was like, I love Terry. She's great. Terry, Terry understood the assignment. 
Yeah, she the... always understands. First of all, I hate that vagina T-shirt. I was I could not believe that actually became a T-shirt. It's terrible. Um, but I guess are they trying to sell them. Is that why she's wearing it in the ring? It just seemed like such a weird thing. I was like, it's the bikini contest preview, and here's the cat in a three XL T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's like what? She slept over at her boyfriend's cat... place the night before. And the cat is saying, talking about her strategy, well, you guys remember Armageddon, where you took your tits out, and her strategy instead is, I'm going to wrap myself up in bubble wrap. Yeah, like, she's really, she's really calling, but, like, she's just, like, it's like uh, when Big Boss Man is, like, you know, feeding uh, Pepper to Al Snow going, this is hardcore. Isn't this pretty hardcore? This is pretty hardcore. And like, you know, Kat's just like, well, you remember that time I showed you guys my tits? So just remember that. And, and so now for the uh, the third time in a week that we have, or in as many episodes as we have the same segment, we've got the presentation of the trophy. But did you guys also get to that very short timestamp that I had in there before this? Well, um, maybe I think. Can you so. describe it? So it, it goes to it cuts to all the women backstage, like yes. getting ready to get on, and Ivory just starts going wah 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 wah. <laughs> Did she just do a whip it? <laughs> she just said some nitrous, and she's just like whoa whoa. Well, that honestly, that could be because when BB makes her entrance, my note is: Do you ever see a Barbie where they painted one of the eyes just a little off? <laughs> <laughs> She has the same like Barbie blue eyeshadow and like a very Barbie outfit, and her hair is very Barbie. But she looks a little goat eyed, like coming down the ramp, and just like a little like something is just a little (laughs) askew. And this is like her eye was slightly painted in the wrong spot, just a little bit. This was so long. The cat had first had her own entrance and then they they like kind of picked up the pace but the women each getting their own entrance for the crowning of the winner of the swimsuit competition from the night before that we already it's not like we're in suspense Ooh, i wonder who won they already announced it the night before yeah this is just her picking so the- up a trophy she's just she's just <laughs> picking it up like could you swing by tomorrow like yeah you want to do it on television you might as well turn the cameras on yeah, George C. Scott would have just, like, you know, sent someone else to, t- to turn it down for him. She, she could have just left it with Eric's doorman. <laughs> but boy, does that trophy sure have some big old titties. Oh, God. So May lets everyone know that at least her puppies are real. The women all fight again. She gets the trophy covered in titties. May decides that she's going to show off her puppies once again. And Mark Henry rubs in and almost suffocates her with a trench coat <laughs> yeah. to cover her up. Yeah, she looked like she was actually like, I could see, I could see terror behind her eyes. I, th- I think she gave him a, like a little tap like, hey, honey, I need to breathe. Um... Yeah, the uh was this also around the time where like there were definitely like a bunch of like young dudes in the crowd who painted May Young's name on their chests? Did you guys see that? I did not see that. There was like mind. they literally there was a lot of like like May show us your puppies kind of signs. Yeah, there were like I don't know how many letters in May Young, like 9. 
eight. <laughs> uh, there were. Uh, could you imagine you and your friends being like, okay, who's going to be the M? Who's going to be like, we have to make sure we sit in order. Otherwise, this is going to be really fucked up and we're not going to be able to spell out Mae Young's name on our bare chests. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I, I don't know um, that I had eight friends at this point that would go to a WWF show with me, let alone paint my chest for Mae Young. Someone's got to find those boys. Those are the, those, that's a real, real, real dudes rock moment. But this story is going to take a very interesting turn next because on January 27th, the Godfather and Too Cool are in the middle of a match that just kind of turns into a party. At one point, they're just like, hey, wouldn't it be more fun if we were dancing? I was like, that's not your job, but okay, I'm here for it. Um, Mark, Henry, and Mae Young show up at the top of the ring to announce that Mae Young is pregnant. Too cool is disgusted. The Godfather is disgusted. Everybody is disgusted. Hey, you got some news? Cue that music. We gotta run out. We gotta. We gotta tell everybody. <laughs> Hello, baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> By the way, just to, uh, there were in and I think the previous week's homework uh, or whatever previous episodes homework. There was the mankind. Um, Chef Boyardee, right? Chef Boyardee commercial. Oh, did you watch it? Yeah, of course I watched it. I've, I've every time I watch it, though, I think to myself, I would eat ravioli out of a martini glass. Like I think I would enjoy <laughs> that a lot. Me to? What's that? No, just I, w- I think I would. Told me to Defi- oh, just you know, like don't some things just seem very comforting, and the idea like, of uh... like a big thing of of ra- a big martini glass full of ravioli sounds very comforting to me. Like when you get to uh, the wedding and they're serving mashed potatoes in a champagne glass. Yep. You're like, ooh, this is fun. This or is different. at a Japanese restaurant where you get that spicy tuna in a martini glass. Yeah. I have never gotten that. I also is don't. I, I don't. Oh. I don't eat spicy tuna very much. So that's like but. my mother's favorite appetizer to get at any kind of like sushi restaurant that that we ever go to. It's just like a, it's like tuna tartare, but it has like the the tuna with like the spicy. It has like the it's like spicy tuna, and they serve it in a martini glass. Literally, that sounds like every a... restaurant, every sushi restaurant, even like the the like the cheap one I go to in Park Slope. That's like three dollars for a roll of sushi. Has it? I, that's I, like I, a very Linda Belcher thing. I think. Ooh. Bob, you want to get the tuna in the in the martini glass? Let's get the tuna. It's like the cat food, like the Friskies. They, they do it on TV. Fancy feast. <laughs> oh, it's spicy. No, I don't like that. So now, I, I don't like the, the spicy sauce. Sorry. So now someone's going to need to explain to me, is this fake snow that they're, the cat is fighting against Hervina? In this Lumberjill match. I was wondering that too. Um, because on the one hand, uh, it seems like it would be very hard for the cat to like be thrown into real snow and not just be like after a while, like just constantly shivering and really hurt. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, in, there are a bunch of carnies. What's that? And in bare feet in it. Right, in bare time. feet. Exactly. Like wearing basically nothing. Uh, on the other hand, there are a bunch of carnies, and I don't know if they fucking care. Like, you know, they're just like, yeah, whatever. She'll just be barefoot in the snow for a while. Well, as Pee Wee once said, if you don't have any snow at home, just use 20 pounds of coconut shavings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that this year. 
Uh, but everyone is throwing snowballs at the competitors the whole time. Um, and then at the end, though, Hervina pins the cat. But it is revealed that Hervina is actually Harvey Whippleman, and all of this sucks. I don't understand any of this. Why? 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 Hmm. Why? No, but really, though, did we miss something? I'm confused. Here's what I think. So this is this is around the time when um, because I think like earlier in the year, Man on the Moon came out, right? Man on the Moon. Man on the Moon. Yeah, I think that came out like uh, like around Christmas in '99. Yeah, because um, Lawler was like I think he was either out um, doing something for Man on the Moon, like promoting it, or he was doing some sort of cross promoting. I mean, look, if the the one benefit of living in the months of August 99 uh, to January 20, 2000 is that like, I've seen a lot of this shit over and over and over. So <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that at some point he mentions, he met, he, you know, he mentions man on the moon. I feel like the Harvey Wimpleman thing is just like a retread of Andy Kaufman, you know, doing the intergender wrestling and being a heel, but like, you know, maybe to kind of like um, drag some of, you know, get some drag off off of that you know no pun intended off of that movie mm-hmm. i mean maybe that's a, a great explanation um I, I hate it and it's stupid and i hate it oh it's stores so then on february 3rd we start with pat patterson yelling shut up a whole bunch and then cat just goes all right <laughs> <laughs> And Pat Patterson lets us know that I know you're all mad because Harvey Whippleman is a man. And then we hear Mae Young yell, he's, he is not a man. He's a, did anyone pick up what she said? No, no. Cause then they're like, watch your language. I don't know. Whatever. I thought a... Mula um, put her hand over her mouth. Yeah. But then yeah. this got into a whole bunch more of women just fighting just to fight as they're drawing straws and it turns out that Jackie will be the one to fight Harvey. So do, like what's Mula's relationship with Harvey Wimpleman at this point? Is it just like, was it just like a one-time thing? Yeah. I don't think she's got enough time left to be tied down to just one man. All right. Fair enough. Then we get a, a thing that just says they do the recap where it's moments ago this happened, but apparently it was a little bit of time because uh, it was enough time for Mae Young to get to a restaurant with Mark Henry. Yeah, we're... we're May, uh, sorry, go on. May is upset because she wants to be the champion even though she's pregnant, although I haven't seen uh, Dr. Francois Petit confirm that yet. But Mark has a lot of baby stuff for her and is going to be running back and forth between the car and this restaurant, this empty restaurant, a numerous times in order to get it. This is the part where I thought that we were entering uh, into the the heavy coke phase of Boogie Nights. Like, a lot of this was just like, it was just like, I just wanted somebody to, you know, run in front of the scene to edit it. Like, just like, let's just, let's get a blackout. Let's, you know, like, let's move on to the next thing. Like, I feel like an improv coach would have let the scene continue as a punishment to both actors in it. (laughs) He, he says that he's got, 
he they there's a whole joke about Mark Henry pronouncing hemorrhoids as heminoids. Like that was a big one. Uh and and giving her a preparation age. And then talking about the at one point he says she says, Oh, will it will it help my wrinkles? And he's like, Yeah, it should. I've got gallons of it out in the car. But the subtitles go, um, it'll help. I've got dollars in the car. <laughs> yeah, okay. He also had a couple yeah, times no. when he came back, he's like, I just asked the doctor. And I was like, wait, is he leaving to the car or is he leaving to the doctor's office in the middle of this date? I'm so confused. That's what I want to know. He says, I talked to the doctor again. And I'm like, now? Really? Yeah, it's just bad second and third beats. It's like it's a runner in a in a sketch show. That is just, like, unhinged. While all this is happening, um, in the meantime, we get Jackie versus Harvey Whippleman, um, who's... I want someone to check his pants for weapons because he was wearing the largest sweatpants that he could possibly find. I think think she did check his pants, didn't she? (laughs) At the end there, for sure. Um, but this ends in like in less than a minute. Jackie is the new women's champion, and surely she will take a new level of dignity to the women's title, and it will be taken seriously from here on out. So yeah, so we get the super battery-powered breast pump. May has stomach pain. It turns out it's just gas. It's dumb. Very it dumb. is not the f- not the first gas joke we're gonna get in this homework. Not the last. Not at all. On February 7th, Mark tells May to stay put backstage so that he can wrestle against Kurt Angle. Um, It's running back the whole he's an Olympic embarrassment angle. Um, But then Mark Henry just fucking launches Kirk as this happens. After he goes over the top, May Young to the rescue again. May eats an Olympic slam. After uh, Kurt gets the DQ victory, and then the paramedics rush in to help the seventy-something-year-old pregnant woman, I, I give a lot of credit to to Mark Henry while they were in the ring because uh, I think his emoting was pretty good. Like he looked mm-hmm. like he was genuinely concerned. Um, I thought it was funny that you know I was wondering if the EMTs were going to rub the fetus back to life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then we've got yeah. uh got backstage where uh May back to the comedy bit wants to show off her titties to the EMTs. That that part makes it feel like like those reactions. It just makes me think that like May Young is slipping into dementia. Like the the way that they work in the I want to show my puppies angle into all of this stuff. It just like it just feels like she's like somebody who you know can no longer take care of herself and it doesn't really have her faculties word uh and then again eric you 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 hit it right on with this just kind of like more stuff happening because then on the valentine's day episode may and mark henry are getting a hotel room together they want the honeymoon suite and they get the smallest ugliest most flakinta honeymoon suite ever well, speaking of the captioning, I originally heard him say that he wanted to know if the hotel had any swings, like a sex swing, which also counts <laughs> for this. But the thing is, the captions also think that he said swing. And I know he said sweet, 
but really it did sound like he said swing and also it made sense for him to say swing because I do think that him and May are sort of like reaching their ceiling without the aid of some other accoutrements at this point <laughs> that would be funny that would be that would be more funny also I mean like I don't know like if you're a if you're a uh, concierge at a shitty ass hotel probably you've seen all kinds of couples go through like I don't know if, if, if like the oh boy kind of uh, reaction he gives after he gives him the key. It's just kind of like, all right, man, we get it. They're going to get some strange looks wherever they go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark spits more of his rhymes, something about sunrise. They go to get into something more comfortable. Um, and then there's the gift exchange where Mark has gotten her chocolates and May has gotten edible underwear. Tutti Fruity. That's the flavor of the edible underwear. That's also the tune that was ripped off for the Fabulous Midwest <laughs> entrance music. hey I just, I just feel like this part, it just feels like if you, if you had like two 12-year-olds like spitballing you know about like the the super funny sketch that they want to write and like this these all feel like beats that two 12 year olds would come up with you know with like oh oh her her gift's gonna be edible underwear oh it's gonna be so good and then he can say tutti frutti because what's funnier what's the funniest flavor tutti frutti obviously like absolutely zero thought i think went into the planning for all of this Well, there's a lot other th- of other things going on in the WWF. And, and again, when we're watching all of this compacted together, uh, I think the sins are a little less glaring when we were watching it week from week to week. But imagine, yeah. like, writing it. Imagine being the person who's just like, let me conceive of this storyline. And then, like, this is what you come up with? Like, aren't you just fucking... Like, I mean, is it literally just, man, something's due in an hour. I gotta just you know, gut, gut it out until I get onto a better storyline. Probably. But also I, I agree with you, Eric, like have some pride. Yeah. Like you're You're literally writing for wrestling. Like mm-hmm. you are living everybody, you know, at least a, a billion people's dreams. And like, you're just turning in this fucking like garbage Though I will say, when we get to the uh, the February seventeenth, I like some of the stuff that they do in the next episode. So that yeah. starts with uh, the Hollies hating May and Mark's love and attacking them. So Mark Henry takes May Young to the APA, and I just I love the fact that they've got the door in the backstage, and that people go in and out of the door even though there's nothing around it. That is very funny to um, me. And pays them in order to watch her for the night. And I, I enjoyed their interactions together, as brief as they were. So APA is essentially like the Marvel heroes for hire, right? It's like, yeah. uh, it's Luke Cage and the Iron a- Fist. The Acolytes Protection Agency. And I love, and I think we see here they have the, 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 do- the standalone door frame for their office yep. in the back that that's a really recurring bit and i think that's so, that's so funny and clever and such a good great visual gag it's very funny when may i mean later on we'll get to this but when may is like follow me and she like walks them through back through the door i didn't notice the door the first time around so when she walks them back through the door i thought that was extremely funny 
And so the the whole bit here is that May first uh, hustles them in cards and takes all their money. That she's smoking cigars. She wants a beer. They're they're drinking natural light, which just takes me back to a very uh, a very specific time in my life. We're uh, we're getting into March right now, and after the University of Maryland won the NCAA tournament in two thousand two, I was wearing cargo pants that night, and I had a natural light shoved into every single pocket on my way down to Route 1 to celebrate. (laughs) But May returns the money. She's hiring the APA herself in order to go out and attack Crash and Hardcore Holly. Can I also say that uh, this a lot of the the way that they're dealing with May in the in these next few segments, especially with cigars, just feels like like Mad Men writing. They're just like, "You're pregnant. You shouldn't have any any alcohol. Uh, yeah, give her another cigar. Sure. Like you smoked all of our cigars. Like that's also not good for the baby." Yeah, she didn't inhale. No, I think she did. Uh, oh, she did. Yeah, yeah Bradshaw that's, that's said, "Don't do that." so we're getting close to the end folks i swear february 21st we've got the acolytes and mark henry versus the hollies and viscera the match itself it's fine but after the match is over may runs in and starts to attack crash leading to a clothesline from hardcore holly and a big splash from viscera we get basically the same beat the next week on uh february 28th we've got mark henry versus crash holly for the hardcore championship sorry for that little spoiler there eric oh you mean that you mean that someone has a the hardcore championship (laughs) that the hardcore championship exists yes sorry for spoiling that uh may is climbing up on the ring very very slowly May does uh does the splash and then gets stomach pains afterward. Thank God this storyline is not dragged on for nine months. And backstage, the medics are saying that May is in labor and we don't have enough time to get to the hospital. At this point now, we've had like multiple segments with May and with EMTs. And it's just like, thank God the like the third one they're like okay now now the mts are actually going to serve a purpose with the pregnancy because like the the constant stabilizing of may young is the most boring shit to watch i agree but in order for her pregnancy to happen may needs a cigar again briscoe goes out and gets one and the emt is visibly confused as probably would make sense and asks when's the last time you had your period it was 1954 which was a very long time ago but also seems like too long ago for her last period this all leads to another fart joke yes also uh, at one point while she's i guess in labor pat patterson says not once but twice it might be twins like (laughs) I don't, that's not exactly how it works, Pat. I mean, like, they would have, you know, presumably she would have gone to a doctor, had had an ultrasound or something, right? Like, did she, wouldn't she know if it was twins? <laughs> Dr. Francois told him himself. This man isn't twins. 
Patterson gives the EMT pliers, and we pull out a bloody hand. Briscoe is sick, and they all give Mae Young a hand. Oh, so I don't, I mean, like, is that the joke that, like, let's give Mae Young a hand? Like, I'm not sure. Why did they decide to have her give birth to a hand? It is truly life's, it is wrestling's greatest mystery. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, before. How did they get so wet? Why was it a hand? Well, I mean, it got wet because it was in the placenta. I mean, it was the afterbirth. (laughs) That's how, that's how biology works, Aaron. Well, no, that's how all the wrestlers get wet. They just cover them with afterbirth before they go out to the ring. Oh, my God. Is Gorilla Position the birth canal? <laughs> May Young's of May Young specifically, actually. <laughs> um, I It's funny because even before we got to the hand part, I just wrote, like, this is a Lynch, a David Lynchian type birth. Like, this is how you get the, the baby from a racer head. And then they gave 100%. birth to a hand. And this is not even the last time that they're going to go to the well of Mae Young is pregnant. There's another Mae Young is pregnant storyline in like 2012. No, maybe even earlier than that. But in Raw, on Raw 1000, on July 23rd, 2012, as AJ Lee is preparing to marry Daniel Bryan, which will certainly go well and cake will be uh, served in the normal way. And after Charlie's scene, certainly not on cocaine, Skypes in to congratulate Raw on a thousand episodes. We get Mae Young showing up with her son, all grown up. And I want to know, who was that intern in that hand costume? I mean, they t- they certainly could have done it as like a make-a-wish thing, because I don't think anybody wanted that fucking part. <laughs> that was nobody's wish. Like, oh, all right, guys. What, what a good delivery on that joke. <laughs> Any last thoughts on this storyline? Yikes. Well, okay. So, is there, like, what was the, how was this received at the time? Like, what, what's the legacy of this? I mean, you know, no pun intended. What's the legacy of this, of this, like, storyline or, or, like, whatever conglomeration of threads of story? Like, are, do people agree that it was just absolutely terrible or yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. This is, this is looked at as one of one of the top five, maybe like worst storylines they've ever done. And, at, and like at the time were people into it or, I mean, no. I guess they seemed to, okay. I mean, I don't think the whole thing flopped cause it was so like, I mean, you couldn't help but like love seeing uh May and Moolah sometimes. And Mark Henry was, goddamn a likable guy but so mm-hmm. i don't know that the, the like people didn't hate this segment like they hate watching certain things but yeah. like no one thought this was well written and when we got to where we were going everyone was like what like it was it, everyone knew that this wasn't like great writing this is not gonna be like wow what a beloved storyline the players were way over more over than the storyline ever was yeah I don't know. Does this feel a little like, uh, <laughs> wow, I never thought, I never made this comparison before, so I'm going to say something uh, that might be controversial yet brave, which is that, uh, <laughs> do you think, okay, remember, the year 2000, do we think Tom Green in the po- pop culture zeitgeist had some influence on the gross hand birth? Does that does that feel like it has anything to it? What made Maybe? you What makes you go there with Tom Green? Because, like, 
because this feels like the kind because when you're saying like how was it received and it's like well it's a complicated question because like no one no one was confusing this for you know something happening with the mcmahon helmsley era or mcfoley or whatever it was it did seem like um uh anything could happen in the wwf headbangers pop finger on the pop uh pulse of pop culture being that sort of like um naughty thing that's sort of like cutting edge counterculture so but this was like such like weird gross out humor in like a very specific way that's not the only time they've done it but it's like not one of their go-to's like the fart humor on like and, and like the gay therapist i'm like less surprised to see here but the goopy hand like was out of character i feel like for wwf as a whole right yeah yeah. So it's like, um, what? Why would they? And it's like, I feel like, well, maybe they were trying to keep up with like the Freddy got fingered, fucking like gross, um, not another teen movie, scary movie, like that sort of uh, humor. Maybe. I mean, I like one of the things I noticed in the homework, and and you know, I, Aaron's been actually watching the full episode, so you may know better, but like. They are a lot of. There were a couple commercials that made their way in, like the WWF commercials, um, where a lot of it was very like, uh, like this is a normal scene, but it's crazy now. Like, watch, look at this nursery. These these aren't your normal kids. It's a little bit of WWF attitude, um, and it yeah, was just very. Those were the. Uh, mm. Those were the Super Bowl commercials from that that year, and they were a far cry from the uh the commercial of the year before which i think is very good and very fun but it, it but yeah they're definitely pushing this idea that of wwf attitude and that it's kind of like a, a pervasive thing and so i think there's something to them just wanting to push all the buttons here yeah just like um you know it's like scatological humor like uh, they don't necessarily. They're not. They're they're not necessarily in charge. You know, in command of like what is uh, transgressive and interesting. They just are like, well, what's something that's different and like what's weird and what's crazy and like let's just do that. That sounds like something that that's bizarre. You know, like just doing things without having an actual um, motive or a, you know a reasoning behind it. I think. Yeah, this doesn't seem like a nut that we're going to crack. Attempt. We attempted to make sense. That's all we <laughs> promised, you guys. We attempted <laughs> attempted to make sense. Thanks for bringing us full circle, Bobby. My pleasure. Love us, disagree, want to... Uh, wrestle us for all of our hoes? Want to push us through the birth canal? You should want to. I want to be Let us know. (laughs) I want to be a baby again. Email us at hellinacellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at hellinacellpod or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slow Pass. Our theme song is There Are Traitors in Our Myths by Disco Vietnam, and our art is by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back again next week for No Way Out. I will say um, I don't regret this storyline if for no other reason than I don't think we would have ever gotten to Munich Olympic Village Fuckfest without it. <laughs> and so that's why I'm so that's why I'm thankful for the Mark and, and Mae Young storyline.